Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. Today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We're going to talk about spinal surgery for AS. And, you know, you don't really think about that, at least I didn't. You know, when I think of surgery and its relation to axial spondyloarthritis, I think of, you know, like hip replacements, a knee replacement, um, maybe even a shoulder replacement, a shoulder rotator cuff, you know, something of that nature. But I don't really think about spinal surgery, at least I didn't. And then I started watching, there was a lot of questions coming up about different types of surgeries, and I saw several folks mention spinal surgery. So I happened to come across this article, and there'll be a link to it in the show notes. It's from myspondylitisteam.com, and it's a little bit old. It's about a year old or so, but it talked about spinal surgery for, in this case, it says ankylosing spondylitis and what to know. The article starts off, ankylosing spondylitis is an advanced form of spondyloarthritis where bones in the spine have fused, ankylosed, from abnormal bone growth. This is what I have. This is why I stand hunched over, and so, you know, if you ever to meet me in person, I look out the tops of my eyes because I'm looking down due to the curvature of my spine. So when AS causes, you know, the significant pain or loss of function that cannot be treated by other means, the article says, surgery may be required to alleviate symptoms. And that's what I dealt with for both of my hip replacements is it was just bone on bone, so it's time to replace the hips. But in this case, it goes on to talk about dealing with your spine. So it starts off by saying, you know, what is ankylosing spondylitis? Well, it's also called radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, And it's a type of spondyloarthropathy. This group of related autoimmune diseases causes pain and inflammation in the joints, especially the spine, and sometimes in the eyes, lungs, and heart. So it goes on to talk about symptoms. AS can have symptoms that involve the neck, the cervical spine, upper back, thoracic spine, and lower back, lumbar spine and the sacrum, which is the sacral spine, sacroiliac joints where the spine joins the pelvis or hip bones and hip joints. Symptoms of AS that are directly related to the spine include back pain, neuropathy, spinal deformity, loss of range of motion, and spinal instability. I have all those. Uh, maybe not so much spinal instability, but in my case, I definitely have the back pain. My neuropathy is from damage caused by a hip replacement. I have spinal deformity in the fact that I'm bamboo spined and hunched over, and then loss of range of motion. It's funny, I don't really turn my neck to look at something inside of me. Uh, I turn my whole body. So if you're 90 degrees to my right or left, I'm not going to see you. Even if I turn my head, I'm going to have to turn my whole body to see you. So what kind of treatments are there for AS, and that can they target the pain and other symptoms and help decrease inflammation and improve strength and mobility? Some of the most important treatments for AS include exercise, physical therapy, NSAIDs, biologics, you know, what also are called conventional disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs like methotrexate. Drugs to treat specific symptoms also are available, things like antidepressants, muscle relaxants, and opioids if you can get a doctor to actually prescribe them to you, at least here in the States. And then surgery. So when is spinal surgery appropriate for AS? Well, the article goes on to talk about before you and your healthcare team consider surgery for your AS, you should typically try other treatments such as exercise, physical therapy, and medication. And we're all aware of that. You know, we want to move along the continuum of treatments. We don't want to just jump right into surgery. So 
when AS has progressed to the point that other treatments do not relieve severe symptoms, spinal surgery may be required to attempt to alleviate them. Advanced symptoms of AS that may require surgery include kyphosis, neuropathy, and spinal instability. I may have pronounced that first one incorrectly. Kyphosis, which is extreme kyphosis, is a forward curvature of the upper spine. It's sometimes called hyperkyphosis. The symptoms can leave the upper back and neck in a permanently fixed, flexed position, leaning forward, causing a hunchback and loss of normal function. Well, that's me. I guess I have hyperkyphosis because, like I said, I can tell you what's on the ground in front of me, but I have a very hard time telling you what's in front of me. Looking straight ahead, I have to really force my spine to bend backwards to look straight. So there's also neuropathy which can be pinched nerves or pressure on nerves leaving the spinal column, can cause nerve damage. This can result in muscle weakness or pain, numbness, and tingling of the extremities, which is called neuropathy, and this may not respond to other treatments. Spinal instability. This refers to when portions of the spine are hypermobile. They move too much. Spinal instability makes it difficult to bear weight and maintain normal balance. Spinal instability may also increase your risk of nerve damage. And then, what types of spinal surgery are there for AS? Well, spinal surgeries to treat AS include osteotomy, decompression, and spinal fusion. Type of surgery used depends on what specific problems are causing symptoms. So with an osteotomy, the spinal osteotomy involves removing portions of bone in the spine to separate fused vertebrae and straighten abnormal curvature. I guess this would be maybe the one I might be eligible for, but to be honest with you, Every time I've talked to somebody that's had surgery done on their spine, A, it's never the same no matter what the surgeons tell you, and it many times led to increased issues that they deal with. It doesn't fix it. It just maybe defers it a little bit and potentially makes it even worse. I, that's one thing I've never guessed, really, really never looked into it. Decompression, spinal decompression, entails removing a portion of the vertebrae called the lamina. This relieves pressure on the spinal nerves called, caused by AS. The lamina encloses the spinal column, the hollow space in the spine that the spinal column runs through. Decompression is used to treat other conditions that result in pressure on the spinal nerves, such as a herniated invertebrate disc. And then there's also spinal instrumentation and spinal fusion. Well, spinal instrumentation fixes two or more vertebrae in place with metal hardware, such as screws, wires, rods, or plates. Spinal fusion can be performed with hardware alone or may include a bone graft to help adjust vertebrae fusing together. Spinal instrumentation and fusion can be used to treat spinal instability or to hold vertebrae in place after osteotomy or uh, laminatectomy. This, this stabilizes the spine and keeps it in a healthy position. What are some of the risks and benefits of surgery? Well, surgery may be beneficial in treating AS, but is not without risk. Understanding the potential risks and benefits of spinal surgery for AS will help you and your healthcare provider decide which or whether or not it's even the best choice for you. Some of the potential benefits of spinal surgery include possibly alleviating pain and neuropathy, improved movement and function, ability to resume activities of daily living, and improved quality of life. Some of the potential risks of surgery are typical surgical risks such as bleeding, infection, blood clots, and problems caused by anesthesia. Injury to the spinal cord or nerve roots, which could cause further complications such as uh, sexual dysfunction, failure to improve symptoms, and then worsening of symptoms. So what to expect, you know, during recovery? Well, after surgery, above all else, your body needs time to recover. 
Recovery from spinal surgery requires a hospital stay so that the doctors and nurses can monitor you and tell you what you need to do and not do to get better. So that way, after you're discharged from the hospital, you know, your recovery will continue when you get home. With postoperative pain, a lot of times, if able, you treat it with NSAIDs. You then can start to engage in some limited physical activity, walking, maybe just standing, moving yourself from the bed to the bathroom on your own without assistance. Just very basic things that aren't going to jar your body and cause your back undue trauma. You also want to make sure you can practice proper wound care when you're home. And that means making sure that bandages can be changed. Somebody's there to help you or at least come over on a at least daily basis to adjust bandages. You want to make sure you eat a healthy diet because you want to make sure that you're not putting on excess weight in the stomach that could cause that weakened healing spine to have extra pressure on it. Then you have to recover emotionally because you've gone through a lot. Your body has gone through a lot. Mentally, you've gone through a lot to prepare and come out of the surgery. So all of this is going to tie into what is part of your recovery process. And then lastly, managing expectations. You have to understand that when you go through all this, you may come out on the other side. Best case, where you were at. Worst case, increased position of pain and, and dysfunction. So You've got to really measure off what's going to be the best for you. And I've talked, well, I've not had spinal surgery. And if you have, I'd love to hear from you. I've had hip replacements. I had three on the left side. Usually somebody as they age, they get one, maybe two done before they pass away. But that third one I had is where all my problems came from. That's where the surgeon damaged the nerves that led to neuropathy and foot drop in my left leg and has just added to my problems. You know, to go back, I would say that I wish I had done it right the first time and gone into this and had better uh, job of, of maintaining and monitoring my hip replacements, my original ones, so that maybe I wouldn't have run into these issues. But too late to do anything about that now, so at this point I can only continue to talk to you, the listeners, and say, make sure that you're dealing with a good surgeon, make sure you're dealing with a surgeon that will tell you the risks both good and bad, of what you're about to entail, and then make the decision that's best for you. Not everybody in your life, but what's best for you. You're the one that's got to live with the pain. You're the one that's got to live with the benefits or drawbacks of whatever surgical procedure is done. Yes, your family will also live with it, but you have to live with it. So with that, thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. Bye.